ever-present pursuit of entertainment, education, and some adjective to be named later. The Homestar Army proudly presents TrekWest 5, a conglomerate podcast of science fiction, politics, humor, and pretty much whatever else they want to talk about. Your hosts for TrekWest 5 are Joey and Peter. Good evening and welcome to Podcast 182. I am Peter. And I am Joey. You're back finally uh, hey. to doing that. I'm trying to get there. It's hard. <laughs> it um, takes a lot. <laughs> the uh, By the way, I noticed the last couple of times, I didn't want to say anything... I didn't want to get to. I didn't want to get down on top of you. I, just, I appreciate that. I noticed. Um, okay, we've had uh, an eventful week for me. <laughs> uh, some some cool stuff has happened. Um, well, the uncool part was that uh, the power supply on my computer died, and so I was without a computer for well the majority of the week. So all I had was TV to keep me company. Do you not bring your laptop home? No. Okay. And even if I did, that's a work laptop. Okay. So I don't, I don't mix the two. I gotcha. try, I try not to. Um, and anyway, so tonight Joey helped me put in the new power supply as I point to the old one. Um, and so turned on the computer. Voila. Uh, oh, by the way, follow up. Those screws were not in properly. So. I think that thing is just going to have to stay kind of propped in there. Well, you should put the other two screws in now. I, I there's not room for it. So okay. like when I when I went to plug it in, uh-huh. put the plug in, um, the one of the other screws was like, whoop, it's uh-huh. gone. It's like, nope, I wasn't even in there okay. to begin with. Uh, anyway, that's beside the point. Computer running, that's the <laughs> thing to focus in on. That's Com- the important part. Computer running. Uh, we also had our Christmas party. Yeah. And uh, Joey and I both went to the same Christmas party. Um, We're about to have another Christmas party tomorrow. That's true. The Home Starmy Christmas party yeah. that uh, Brandon isn't coming to. <laughs> Punk. Um, and uh, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed myself. Joey, not so much because That's not there was true. a crowd of I- people. I enjoyed the first hour just fine. Ah, I see. Uh, did you enjoy the gift? Yes, the gift was nice. I haven't had a chance to talk to you about that. I mean, you guys are pretty well stocked yeah. in, in this regard, yeah. but still, <laughs> you fact, got another Aaron, one. When, I, when Aaron saw it, he's like, do these things just grow on trees for you? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it was a Kindle Fire. that uh, Kindle our, Fire HD. Kindle Fire HD. That uh, I don't know. I understand the difference, but the HD has got to be better, right? Yeah, it's, it's the high-def version. Um, and who doesn't love high definition fire? <laughs> the, um, the, the company, uh, bought us this, the partners. And so it was, it was super nice of them. I, as with you, I don't really need it, Yeah. but darned if I didn't set it up late last night. Yep, Cause I'm like, here. Oh, let's set this up. This will be loads of fun. So it, it actually, for me, it will, it does have one nice advantage, which is, uh, my wife and I do quite a bit, both do quite a bit of, of shopping, whether it's for computer parts or her, her creative store or creative mm-hmm. business uh, or, you know, things for, you know, around the house, groceries, stuff like that. We do quite a bit of Amazon shopping. And so we've been Amazon Prime subscribers for probably a year and a half. Uh-huh. 
because it does give us special discounts sometimes and things like that. And they send me an email about once a month to say, hey, you're an Amazon Prime subscriber. We've noticed you don't use the video component that you're paying for. It's there and you're just not using it. We'd like to encourage, you know, it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just use it because we think you'll be a happier customer and you'll continue to pay us money. And I've just never had a device that would play the Amazon Prime videos. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And now I do. So we went home last night and we watched one of the episodes of Battlestar Galactica <laughs> on the Kindle Fire HD. <laughs> and then I said, yeah, that's great for one person. This is too awkward for the two of us sitting right. here watching this little tiny, you know, seven inch screen. That takes me back to the days of the old black and white a uh, seven-inch monitor, little portable TV that my mom had, black and white. I mean, super small uh, kind of uh, screen on this. Uh, to everyone kind of huddle around there, <laughs> squint your eyes really close, I can totally get why that might not be a great experience for a group. But it was, you know, the, the, the quality of the screen and the video was actually is pretty good. So I'm curious, what have you, what were you using Amazon Prime for then? What were, what was the thing you were using? Um, it's mostly for the shipping benefits. The, the shipping oh, on things that do not I have see. free shipping I see. is cheaper. And also, uh, there's some stuff that we get for, you know, my son who's autistic. There are certain, certain things for his health care that we get through Amazon. And we do those through a subscription because we just know we're going to need them every right. month. Right. And the having the Amazon Prime gives us a discount on the subscription items. So. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, now you've got an extra benefit to, to the yeah. thing that you're already paying for. Um, anyway, loads of fun. Uh, oh, and uh, John, my friend John Madsen, he's uh, sitting over there. I. Oh. Totally meant to uh, tell you this earlier, but uh, the Homestarmies having their Christmas party. Um, we're heading off to uh, Jared's house. Uh, I don't remember the address. Down in Lehigh. Yeah. Um, you're totally welcome. It's going to be tomorrow night sometime. I wouldn't expect that you would be interested, but you totally are invited. invited. Listeners, you're all invited. <laughs> Any of you within the sound of my voice. Um, anyway. That's the entire internet, by the way. Yeah, yeah that, that is. <laughs> Jared's house is pretty big, though. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, anyway, I'll give you the details uh, You know, tomorrow or something like that or whenever. Um, okay, a anything else? Uh, you know, just, just a, a quick comment that... Uh, we hired two people at work to cr try and help offload me a little bit. Uh -huh. I'll be darned if that has not had the opposite effect for the past two weeks. Yep. It has been absolutely insane. Trying to train two guys and still get you know, a good day's worth of work done. It, it's just been very, very frustrating and busy. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i not sure if you haven't ever dealt with this before, because I'm sure you've had to train people before, but... In my job in the past yeah, as a project manager, either training project manager, uh, training other subordinates that were going to be underneath me, always increased the load. Because I still had my regular stuff, plus I had to hold their freaking hand through everything. <laughs> um, and the payout doesn't come for you know at least a week. So in the past when I've had to bring mm -hmm. people on board, it's always been 
at the start of a big project. And so there's time in the budget for onboarding all these employees. And what's made this difficult is I'm in the middle of like eight yeah. different projects. Yeah. And so there's there's no time built into any of those budgets to account for this. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that has just really compressed the schedule a lot in ways that I wasn't planning for sufficiently. Right. Um, yeah, so hopefully things will get better, uh, over time. It, hopefully things are going to be slower this next week. Yeah. Hope. <laughs> um, anyway, I, one other thing I meant, I want to mention, I got this, uh, this package in the mail today. Uh, by the way, John, thank you for bringing that in. I didn't, but thanks for crediting me. You're welcome. Um, I have a niece that is very artistically gifted. Uh, she does sketching. She doesn't do digital art. She does actual okay. art. Art. Well, that's incredibly insulting to people like physical John. art. <laughs> um, anyway, I was giving her a hard time. I'm like, hey, you know, you should totally make me some art stuff. And she had been. She sends me stuff occasionally, like, oh, hey, this is what I'm making. And I'm like, she sent me one thing, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. I would love to have something like that around my house because all I've got right now is crap. <laughs> apologies to john for anything he may have put up but anyway i thought this would be great because i'm never gonna go around pick something out and say hey that's great but i know she'd be able to do it so she sent it to me and i'm super excited but once i got it out of the box i realized it's wrapped up in christmas paper (laughs) which means that's not look okay she'll never know i texted her and i said hey uh, the package came. Does this mean I can open it uh, tonight, or do I have to wait till Christmas? She's like, "Oh yeah, that that brown package that uh, was all taped up. Um, yeah, you can totally ho- open that up." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh crap! That means there's something else that that is wrapped up inside." So anyway, it's a picture. I can feel it. It's it's of uh, picture size, yep. and uh, I I look forward to opening it and seeing what. Are it you is. gonna hang this up where the blanket currently hangs? <laughs> I'm not sure that it gets that status. The the rolled up blanket is precious. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. We'll we'll figure a, a prominent place. I may even decide to just put it up in my room because I do have plenty of uh, nails uh, up there that I could put stuff. So, anyway, uh, further updates as events warrant okay. on the picture. Um, okay, Joey, what do you got? Anything else I didn't mention? Uh, I do want to just mention that we probably will not have a podcast next week. Oh, come on. I don't know. It, it's it's still up for debate. Uh we, we'll we'll talk about it later, I guess, but don't Yeah, don't set I was your I was on a purposefully not bringing it up because I knew <laughs> that it could potentially yeah. happen, but I didn't want that. So there certainly will not be one on the 28th. I will be out of town right. visiting family. Yes. Um her her brothers are going to be coming in on the 21st now. Two of them have decided that they just can't be there when the rest of the family is, so they're going to come on the Wait, 21st. How do they get out of this? Uh, you know, I wish I knew the answer to that because I would be playing that card every day. <laughs> I kid. I actually like my in-laws. They're, they're, they're great people. I, li- I like being with them. Uh, I'm just a little frustrated by the fact that now I'm probably going to be making two trips to Orderville in the space of a week. Just Two trips? Yeah. To take them down at some point? So I'm going to take Dee Dee and the kids down on the 21st, potentially, uh-huh. and then go back there. Or no, I'm, I'm, so we're going to be going down, what is it, whatever next Friday is. I'll be taking them down. And then I have 
Utah County Republican Party business on Tuesday. So I have to come back up and then go back down before Christmas. Wow. Yeah. I wish they had a technology officer that could (laughs) get something set up so that you could just be there virtually. Well, uh, so we have something set up. Unfortunately, our constitution and bylaws do not allow for the ratification of things by electronic meeting. Working on that one? Trying to get it fixed? Okay. All right. Uh, okay, so, yeah, uh, things are up in the air. I'll probably send out a late email Thursday night anyway, even if you are going to be here, uh, just because that's my preferred okay. sending of email time. Uh, anything else for you? No. Okay. I have a few things that I'd like to read, some emails that came through. Um, this one is from Brainy. Okay. Good to hear from you, Brainy. Yes, it is very good to hear from Brainy. Um, he says, and by the way, he sent this in on December 9th, which was, that's tonight. No. What's tonight? tonight? The 12th? 13th. 13th. All right, I don't want to read this one. That was Monday. The 9th was Monday. Was the 9th when your computer went out? Because that would explain that whole thing. <laughs> Good one, John. That's a good one. Uh, no, here's the one I want. The one he sent in on Friday, last Friday. Okay. Hey, dudes. Happy holidays. Sorry that I have been out of touch, but I got a new phone that renders me much less disconnected in many ways. I still have a lot of catching up to do, but I wanted to drop a quick top five. And, oh, yeah, about turkey talk last week. Firstly, you don't cook the bird with stuffing uh, stuffed in because you want to cook said bird with the minimal mass so it doesn't taste dry and tasteless later. Uh, it's note. all very sciencey wyancy. Feel free to ask me all your culinary queries whenevs. <laughs> And speaking of the wibbly-wobbly, what did you think of the doctor's 50th anniversary? Um, I had a joyous time watching with my mom during the holiday. Um, what a special writer Moffat is. He was able to acknowledge the half-century of continuity without compromising his own stories, whilst also honoring Russell T. Davis's previous arcs with the Time War. Bloody brilliant. Um, I watched it. I loved it. I was slightly disappointed, slightly disappointed that they didn't take the chance to include more of the other current living doctors. I know all of the drama that was kind of surrounding Christopher Eccleston, his thing was basically, yeah, I don't, I don't re-swim in the same river, Mm, something like that. Basically, he's like, I'm not going back that. But there were the other older doctors that I felt they could maybe have used a little bit. Um, But that's not a slight against it. Still a very good program. I would watch it again. I loved very much how they used the actress Billy Piper in the role that they had her in. Um, And then just seeing um, uh, um, uh, Matt Smith and David Tennant together acting as their own (laughs) unique doctors and with each other was just a real treat for me. So I loved it. Uh, Tons and tons of fun. Um, 
so yeah anyway i i think there's there is this theory around going around there's like oh you can only have 12 doctors because of something that anyway they basically kind of blew that out of the water and said yeah aaron told me they retconned that away that's done uh, because he's supposed to only be able to regenerate twelve times. Yeah, I don't know where that comes from in the lore, but a ba- that that was basically abolished at this point. Um, yeah, so that's my thoughts. Um, you didn't see it, right? Yeah, that's, no. no, John, did you see it? No, I. I. It'll be. It'll be a long time before I can see it. Because right. Series two, I think. I see. I see. You're still with Tenant, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, you're in some good stuff, uh, but uh, in case anybody didn't pick that up, John has not seen it yet. He's uh, still on uh, Series 2 with David Tennant. Um, okay, back to Brainy's email. Top 5 suggestion for the finale, maybe. Top 5 TV shows. Mm. Either for writing or all around. Also, top 5 TV show finales may be apropos. Um, okay, sports to watch. Well, I'm from Pittsburgh, and we are blessed um, with three majorly successful teams. How about sports moments for a list idea? Sure. That might be interesting. Anyway, sports. Number five, soccer. Maybe as relaxing as watching Bob Ross. Can painting count as a sport? <laughs> Uh, if so, switch out that last one. Um, well, let's see here. Two? He has these numbered. He's got to mean four. He's got to mean number four, curling. It's curling. It's his comment, curling. <laughs> number three, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Legends of the past and future. We have the best player in the world, Sid the Kid. Two, the Pittsburgh Pirates. We just became not the worst franchise ever this last season (laughs) by ending the 20 losing slump with a playoff win. Nice. And number one, the Pittsburgh Steelers. If John is there, have him say in the comic book guy's voice, most Super Bowl rings ever. All right, come, come on over, John. Most Super Bowl rings ever. Is that what I was supposed to say? That was yeah, perfect. But... You nailed it. Jeez, one take John. <laughs> uh, see you dudes next week, Ambassador Brainy Smurf. Um, it is now next week. Uh, so, Brainy sent in an email on Monday. He says, it's uh, titled Suggestions. Hey dudes, I'm listening to the new podcast and Joey's Rome interest reminded me to suggest a new show to cover. Wait for it. Rome. <laughs> HBO did a great series that follows another Gaius. We track the journey of Gaius Julius Caesar from Gaul to Stabbed as well as Augustus. From pre-adolescent to emperor. The stories are told from a pair of awesome Centurion buddies through all the fun. There are only two seasons, so it could fly so you could fly through it. Now, I realize it's a bit racy. 
So if it's too inappropriate for Trek Quest V, you should at least check it out. It's extremely historically accurate and exceptionally well written. And four Mo top five suggestions. Pet peeves. <laughs> audiobook narrators. Sci-fi shows. And, of course, Christmas songs. Hopians have a great week, Ambassador Brainy Smurf. Um, yeah, the Pet Peeves one could be interesting. Yeah, yeah it could be. I bet that could be a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for the suggestions. It down to five. And um, <laughs> that's my pet peeve. People who can't summarize their list down to the adequate number. Um, I don't think I'll be joining in on the Rome thing because most things put out by HBO are yeah, a little racy. But I have watched some HBO shows. I don't know what I just admitted about myself, but I, I'm just saying I have. I guess that means I've seen boobies on HBO. Um, okay. Let's see here. No, I want to do... Okay, so I sent out the email. Yeah. And I mentioned how I had computer troubles, and so that's why the email was going out so late, which was a blatant lie. <laughs> that was totally not the Very reason. Very convenient. It was. Uh, Mark called me on it. <laughs> he said, hey, you don't need a computer these days to send emails. Don't you have iPads and iPhones that crank out messages? <laughs> also, no top five topic this week? I guess you both are busy. Not the case. I think he just overlooked it. It was in the he email. He did. Um, yeah, you're right. Um, and, it, yeah, I I was lying when I said that. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, I think that covers all of the emails that I wanted to okay. do. Facebook find of the week. Yeah. Is going to go to, oh crap. I forgot who posted this. I, it was the Firefly, um, possible cartoon. Yeah. Uh, who, who did that? Was it Chris Malia? I don't think it was. I'm pulling it up here. Okay. Uh, because when I saw that, I was like, oh, wow, that's a really cool character thing and uh, caricature of the, you know, the, the actors. And then I don't remember. Maybe it was, it was on it was the Alessandro. side. Itself. I can't remember. Oh, Alessandro. Do we have a nickname for Alessandro? Uh, what's his last name? I'm not going to try yeah, to Yeah, chicken. <laughs> I don't want to offend our listener. <laughs> this, is, this is why Joey's not allowed to read the emails beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listener Alex, I, I don't know. He's a guy who uh, runs the marathons, right? Yeah, and, and, and sent us the uh, made available the um, podcasts. The po oh, the Ron Moore, Ron podcast. Moore podcast. I haven't listened to him yet, but he he helped us get a hold of some of them. I see. Okay, um, yeah. So anyway, I really like that. I I know it's not ever going to get made into a cartoon, but. It, if it did, I wouldn't mind it looking like that. That would be pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I like the artwork. Um, okay, so congratulations, uh, Alex. Um, you will not be receiving anything. Although we could send you something, although I have no idea where they're at. Just go look in your sent mail. 
Um, I my computer's been broken this week, so <laughs> I, I don't think that's possible. Um, let's see. Let's jump into our top five, shall we? Okay. So top five this week um, is going to be holidays. Top five holidays. Um, let me go pull up the emails here. We had a few people who sent them in. Uh, Dean, he said, Sorry about last week. I got busy and didn't send in my list. So if you want, here are the sports I watch on TV. To be honest, I don't go out of my way to watch many sports. But these are the ones I may stop to watch or uh, for a little while, or leave on while I do something else. Uh, yeah, Dean doesn't seem much like a uh, um, uh, sports okay. kind of watcher. Not a couch skater. He's more intellectual type. You know, he loves his books, and you know, would rather hang out at the library than necessarily probably watch sports. Um. Okay, number five, American football. If the U of U is playing University of Utah. Uh, if the U of U is playing well or playing an in-state rival um, and some NFL. Number four, Australian rules football. I have no idea what the rules are. It looks like a crazy team version of Calvin Ball to me. <laughs> I've heard about Australian rules football. Never watched it before. I Never either. seen it. Number three, soccer. I do try to catch Brazil in international games, the World Cup, and some MLS games. Number two, volleyball. Women's. Men's doesn't have much actual volleying. Or beach. Although, why do the men wear baggy shorts while the women wear less than lingerie? <laughs> I don't know, but don't question it. Someone might fix it. <laughs> Be grateful. Number one. Wow. Surprised by this. The Olympics. <laughs> just, I, just the whole bucket. <laughs> <laughs> that's a sport. The Olympics. Uh, I watch just about any sport during the Olympics. I love the international playing arena and such. It would be fantastic to see someone compete in every phase of the Olympics someday. That would be kind of interesting. Even if he was terrible at all of them. Like it's some country... They only have like 30 people. They send the one guy. <laughs> <laughs> he would be so it's, tired. It's the Canary Islands. <laughs> um, you know, <clears throat> what is interesting, the Olympics is meant to be like, these are amateurs. They're not doing this professionally. So this is, you know, it's supposed to bring about the purity of the sport mm -hmm. and the athletic competition. I always found it odd when the U.S. ended up sending the Dream Team. <laughs> and there are subsequent other Dream Teams after that. Yeah. Because I thought, they're all professionals. Why, why, why? Thoughts? Uh, I remember at the time that it happened, it, the, there was a big deal made about it. And as I remember it, I could be mistaken here, but I, I swear I remember hearing that we were asked to send NBA players like that. There was interest no. in having America's NBA players show up at the Olympics. Wow. That, if that's true, that's really weird. Bizarre. Um, okay. 
uh, Fishhead continues, going to a professional or collegiate sporting event is a different story altogether. That list would include basketball, American football, and soccer. Baseball does not make any list, unless it is something to avoid. This week's list is kind of in flux right now. If you were to ask this again in six months, it would probably be different. Number five, Veterans slash Armistice Day. In the past few years, I have come to appreciate this holiday more and more. Part of it could be personally knowing more and more veterans who have passed away, as well as having an increased interest in and reading about World War I. Number four, Thanksgiving. Quickly becoming the forgotten holiday, which, when acknowledged by society, is more it is more a celebration of gluttony instead of gratitude. Number three, Easter becoming more of an introspective, personal holiday for me. Number two, Halloween. This one could slide down. Not having a costume contest or anything really at work this year and being out of town the entire week before made this year's activities feel a bit abridged, Hmm. and I couldn't get into it. We will see what 2014 is like. Number one, Christmas. I love the lights the decoration, and the family and community traditions for the season, as well as the general feelings of good cheer and charity in the air. Least favorite, New Year's Eve. Eh, Nothing else to say about (laughs) that. Just Just, doesn't care for it. Yeah. By the way, Joey, have you ever read the books or seen any of the series by James Burke? He was first... Uh, His first was Connections, an alternative view of change, followed by The Day the Earth Changed, Connections Squared, and then Connections Cubed. I have not. If you don't have any other podcasts before the 25th, have a Merry Christmas. So, not heard of that author. No, I'll check check that out. Sounds interesting. James Burke, the science historian. Um. (laughs) I, is, I, that Thank may, you, Google. <laughs> I don't know if that's the James Burke he's referring to, but uh, nonetheless, I'm sure you'll find him. Okay, my friend John Madsen. Hey, I know you discussed this like a month ago, but that part where Head 6 actually physically lifts Gaius up, that definitely was meant to be taken as a literal thing. The onlookers were definitely surprised that he got up under some invisible force. Yeah, I know this is a late comment, but I was expecting more of a conversation about it. Yeah, it was. It happened. No, it didn't. Fine. <laughs> I didn't say that she didn't lift him up. All okay. I'm saying is there's no video of him with his feet up in the air. Okay. Dangling. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm still here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if the feet were dangling up, but like his his arms outstretched like a scarecrow, just lifting up. So I didn't say the feet were dangling. What I said was the way his feet are behind him. There's no way his feet no, are supporting no his way. weight. You were totally saying he was lifted up in the air, and you could totally see underneath his feet. 
That was the point you were making. You can see that his feet are behind him. So he's got his whole body out in front of his feet. Great. I'll happily accept that amended statement, <laughs> which I totally agreed partly with that in that, yeah, he looks awkward. He looks like he's, you know, being held up by strings. Totally agree with that. Feet flying up in the air and there's nothing underneath them. You can them. see ground under. There, you can see no, air between the ground and his not feet. The truth. You, I'm still waiting on the, the video evidence of this. <laughs> I, I, the thing is, I, I don't between he's dangling for no reason and no perceptible like explainable reason that the people can see and his feet being off the ground like like that difference is is minor because really the conversation that was supposed to happen <laughs> was debating like okay there's an outside force was, affecting him yeah was it an outside force like the reality of head six the the physical presence like how does that does that work but it was pretty much dismissed (laughs) this is why we need our father here that's right to correct us in times like these we should get him a microphone yeah we should (laughs) (laughs) it's too late i'll just continue to yell that's fine well sit here for for your list Uh, top five holidays. Number five, summer solstice. Summer solstice. Number four, Friday the 13th. Just any Friday the 13th. Ever. Okay. Today, by the way. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I know. I'm not suspicious, but the universe <laughs> uses my lack of suspicion as an opportunity to kick me. amount of rules you have whereby the universe is kicking you is vast it happens (laughs) (laughs) tell me it doesn't (laughs) number three may the fourth that's a good one john that's a good one number two leap day and number one which by the way was an honorable mention on my list i will have you know a little bummed that you that you beat me to this (laughs) But it's your holiday, the 14th of July, which usually is, to the French, Bastille Day. Right, but uh, we're not in France, so whatever. Exactly. 14th of July. So it's uh, definitely a cultural thing here in Utah, as we have a holiday on the 4th and a holiday on the 24th, but nothing on the 14th. And so John just created something. This is where John's on. How many years now? What, eight years? It's like eight. Oh, man. <laughs> I lost count after three because I couldn't remember when we started. So it's like it's already it's already like a like a like a um it, it's lost to time. It's like in the realm of legends. <laughs> ah, I remember when it started? Classy, classy. Uh, he continues honorable mentions to Halloween because that's really number one, and the day after New Year's Day which is an official holiday with work off and everything in New Zealand and other places. That This is how it appears on calendars. The day after New Year's Day. <laughs> My favorite title of a holiday. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but that would I would still be pretty solid with that one. Yeah. Because, I mean, you don't get New Year's Eve really off. You get New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, good list, John. Thank you very much for sharing. Uh, let's see here. We did have somebody else who sent in a list. I just have to find it. 
Um, Mark. Thank you for coming up with a reason uh, why the Cylons can't simply build a new hub. Did we explain that? Did I we come up, up with, with a reason? Yeah. Oh, okay. Although, wouldn't they station more guards and nukes around the thing? Ah, I didn't see the top five category before. Pardon my negligence. Top five holidays. Honorable mention to staying home and watching TV in my underwear all week. <laughs> it would be pretty fun to be a couch potato. Number five, hitchhike across the U.S. That's a the holiday? He's he's using the term holiday in the way John and I probably understand it, which is the British way. Oh, oh I'm going on holiday. I see. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unique. Uh, when I first read through the list, I was like, what the heck? These aren't holidays. And then I remembered. Uh, number four, a Mediterranean cruise. Number three, hike slash ride a burro down the Grand Canyon. Number two... Soak in the local culture of London, England. Oh, seriously? London? Way better places up north. Number one. Ireland. Bora Bora. Beautiful beaches, perfect weather. Uh, Mark, thank you for uh, rectifying the uh, terrible mistake that you had made. And, uh, you know, sending in a list. A list, yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, okay, last list from emails. This is from Brainy. He says, hey dudes, I hope I made it in time to comment on some super fun episodes. But before we have a nook, and before that we have this week's top five, uh, I categorize holidays in three categories. Consumerism-isms. Sacra, uh, Sacrality stemming from ancient rituals. Okay. And aliens. I will focus on the alien ones. Number five. The original series, Red Hour on Beta 3. The way New Year's Eve should be. Number four. Firefly's Unification Day. Mm. A great occasion for a fight. Number three. Mother's Day, Mother of Robots in Futurama. Number two, the Centauri's Celebration of Life Day. Okay. Where they get hammered and boast of all the species they've conquered. It reminds me a lot of Festivus. <laughs> Number one, of course, it's the Wookiee's most wonderful day of the year, Life Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh an excellent uh list brainy thank you you know i much. saw part of that the other day oh on, really on youtube it's some pretty terrible stuff <laughs> that was awful uh but it's fantastic and it's uh kitschiness uh joey why don't you go ahead and go okay um uh, i'm gonna give an honorable mention to uh a, a three or four part honorable mention <laughs> what? to camera day hug day and Waffle Iron Day. Whoa, whoa. Hug Day? Hug Day. When so, is that holiday? Because I am telling everyone in the office. Because those, all those happen to fall on my next item on my honorable mention list, which is my wife's birthday. Oh, I see. I will find <laughs> out when is your wife's birthday. And uh, 
I guarantee you are going to get hugs. <laughs> Why would you do that to me? That's not fair. You brought it up. Uh, you brought I, it I up. I give my wife a hug on her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that one special day of the year where she gets a hug from Joey. How truly wonderful you are you know, as a husband. If you, if you, if you, it's like money. You know, you print too much of it, it becomes devalued. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I as an economist, I can't deny <laughs> that that is true. Diminishing marginal utility, sir. <laughs> uh, but that's wrong. Okay, uh number 5 is Guy Fox Day. Okay. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Uh number 4 is Sysadmin Day or System Administrator's <laughs> Day. This is the last Friday in July. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome that you chose that. Uh, number three is Memorial Day. Okay. Yeah, remember the troops and all the, the people who've given so much that we can have an awesome podcast. I'm pretty sure that's why they did it. Uh, <laughs> number two is Independence Day. And then number one is Christmas Day. So I, I think I mentioned last week that you know my wife gets pretty much the whole month to do whatever she wants but Christmas Eve and Christmas Day are mine to pivot towards religion and, and talk about, you know, with my kids about the things that I think are important to focus on on that day. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it's good to refocus them, you know, since she shuns religion in every facet of her life. I'm not suggesting that. But she does get a little <laughs> bit too much into the Rudolph and candy canes and elves and Santa. Uh, now, you glossed over Independence Day pretty hard. I was pretty like, oh, Independence Day. Um, well, I, I can go on about Independence Day. I'm not Day a huge like. fan of Independence Day. That's all I'm. That's what I'm saying. It's not that I hate Independence Day. I'm grateful for it, but I just don't. I'm not like crazy patriotic. We have a friend, Rhett, um, who loves patriotism, loves Independence Day, and so for me, I'm just like, okay, yeah, that's, that's a thing. I, I get the day <laughs> off. Cool. But I, I like it's. I don't really do much else. Maybe that makes me a terrible American. I know that makes if it makes me a terrible American, it makes John a terrible American as well. Gladly, <laughs> gladly. <laughs> you you are wearing a communist T-shirt. <laughs> that also it's makes a you a terrible American. Jacket on right now. <laughs> that is so awesome. Super. Uh, I, I feel similarly to Independence Day as I do towards Christmas, which is it's become about all the wrong things. And so I like to use Independence Day to talk to my children and share with them stories about the Founding Fathers and, you know, the effort and... Don't stop. No, I'm, I'm good. I didn't stop listening, John. I kept listening. <laughs> I, I was enjoying watching you try to open the door. It was... <laughs> Say it. Say it. You know, the the way that we became a country and the events there thereafter, I, I like to spend that time with my kids, you know, talking to them about it because I, I don't know if I'm as patriotic as Rhett, but I, I do have a very deep love for this country and a lot of admiration for those people and the processes that went into it. Okay. Um let's see here. I I could get behind that 
It's all of the silly patriotism stuff that I, you know. Yeah, I'm not a America, big fan of fireworks. We're awesome. Yeah, and fireworks, I, I just don't care. I'm with you. As a kid, they were super awesome, and I loved them. It was great. But after a while, I was like, okay, I've seen this before. Yes, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of barbecue. It's not... I. I like food prepared in the style of barbecue. I don't actually enjoy the activity of barbecuing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I, I turn it more to, hey, let's talk about our founding fathers and you know and how cool of the ideas are that our country is based on and how they distilled all these awesome ideas throughout history down into, you know, we think this is the best way to do things. I have to say, I think it's been pretty successful. It's at least working out well for me so far. <laughs> Um, yeah, can't, no complaints here either. Uh, let's see. I was going to make another comment. I am not remembering what it was, so crap. Okay. Uh, my list, um, honorable mention, as I said earlier to July the 14th, uh, John's ever vigilant in that number five is bonfire night, which basically is Guy Fox night. Oh, okay. Now, here's the interesting thing. When I celebrated it over there, they, in London, in England, it's a celebration of, yeah, we caught this guy. Yeah, we kept him from blowing up Parliament. (laughs) In Scotland, it is totally different. This is a, yeah, way to to try and get them, Guy Fox. (laughs) You almost did it. They're kind of celebrating this man for trying to blow up Parliament. Um, and, uh, so I've always enjoyed that aspect of this dual nature of this holiday that celebrated, you know, all throughout. I I have to admit my only appreciation of Guy Fawkes Day comes through V for Vendetta. So the movie, the, the graphic novel. Okay. Number four is Burns night, Burns night, uh, which is a celebration of Robert Burns. I believe it's done on his birthday or his death day. I don't know. A day that he <laughs> is that was a alive. Thing, our death day. It could be. <laughs> I don't think it is, but it could be. Um, anyway, that's they. They read poetry. They eat haggis, uh, which was the first time I actually was served haggis, neeps, and ties. Love it. Really? It is, oh, I, it's fantastic. I hear nothing but bad things about. Oh, it. Oh, sure. It's it's made out of terrible things. Okay. Uh, but when you put it all together, um, I love it. Okay. Really good. Turnips is never something you would want to choose to eat. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like the Passover thing. You know, the Jews are like, we eat these bitter herbs to remind us of how terrible life used to be. I feel like they're still eating the turnips because, like, yeah, this is all we really used to be able to grow. Um, but uh, you mix the cooked turnips in with the potatoes and the haggis, mix it all up. I love it. It is absolutely fantastic. I'm gonna have to try haggis now. Um, I if you ever see haggis in a can, avoid it. Sounds like a smart move. <laughs> <laughs> you can get R- it. Really feel like I should not have been needed to be told that one. <laughs> Just looking out for you, Joey. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, also, uh, you can you can actually find it here. I I'm confident that the London market carries it confident that they've got it okay um anyway uh if you're ever over in scotland yeah get take a chance to to eat it i i have eaten it several times i have never said oh that was a bad decision Hmm. like it 
Number three is Thanksgiving. Uh, I do enjoy that time of year, that fall thing. I have very, very fond memories as a child um, sitting around with family. And there was a huge component of thanks, you know, involved in this. Plus, there was usually some sort of turkey bowl um, activity uh, with the the church I was with. Um, So it is very nostalgic for me. I don't know what a turkey bowl is. Football. Oh. You've seriously never heard of turkey bowl no never never holy cow so like you just you and a bunch of friends go out and play football yeah you just played football on thanksgiving because typically you're not going to be eating until like two o'clock in the afternoon typically um and so yeah it's usually all the guys go out and they play football in the morning time they come home shower up and voila you know thanksgiving gotcha meal is ready uh, my wife's my wife's family or, or down in Orderville, they do a uh, alumni basketball tournament where people from all the years going all the way back, you know, to the founding of Valley High School, whoever they can get. I mean, they've had guys out there, kid you not, on walkers trying to play basketball, uh, and they just try to put as much teams together as they can and have a basketball tournament between each other. That sounds terrible. <laughs> that is exactly everything that um, our. Uh... Our ancestors would have hated. Yes, the pilgrims who who landed on Plymouth Rock. They were fleeing t- terrible <laughs> basketball games. <laughs> uh, it could be true. I don't know. We'll have to do some fact checking on that. Uh, let's look on Wikipedia. <laughs> Number two is Boxing Day. Now, I didn't really appreciate Boxing Day until I went over to Scotland and lived there. And it's basically it's an extra day off. It's fantastic. Now, I know I'm sure there's some cultural heritage stuff behind that. Um, I couldn't tell you what it is. Um, that doesn't really matter to me. It was just it was another day off. It was fantastic. I loved it. You don't uh, know culturally speaking what? I sort of do. I've heard a few different things. Okay. And uh, I truly, I don't care. Oh, um, I'm just happy that I got, I got another day off. I'll celebrate that. Okay. Number one, which would might surprise some people, um, Christmas. Because I say surprise because I do nothing to help proliferate the Christmas spirit. I put up no decorations. You have a tree up. I put up no decorations. <laughs> you allowed t- decorations to be put up. People pay rent here. Oh, I They're see. welcome to <laughs> do things in the house. Okay. Past that, nothing. I mean, I'll buy some gifts for my nieces and my sister who live locally in the area, but nah. I get annoyed when I get the family phone calls Christmas Day. Mm. Oh, no. Just leave me alone. Let me go back to to watching The Lord of the Rings, which is the way that the Lord would prefer us to (laughs) celebrate his birth. Um, I can't wait till my kids are old enough for that to become a family tradition. (laughs) Boxing Day. That will be our Boxing Day tradition. Uh, yeah, okay, so there. that is uh, officially my list. Okay. Um, now, before you go into Joey's Culture Corner, we do have Brainy's Nook of Darkness. Now, let me just go ahead and pull this back up, uh, which we have not had for a while. Yeah. And so, Brainy, I want to welcome you back. I want to thank you for, you know, continuing on. Um, I hope uh, everything's kind of settle down in in your life that uh, you can give more focus to the podcast now we've missed you we're we're glad that you continue to patronize us yes 
I mean, we're glad for your continued patronage. Yes. <laughs> he says, a quick nook of darkness. And by the way, he says quick. <laughs> Seriously? What, nice. Who are you kidding with this? Um, well, maybe he means comparatively. <laughs> Uh, this nook focuses on the award, uh, super award-winning author of the Expanse series, James S.A. Corey. One of the reasons that this duo is so good is that Ty Frank serves as the world builder. After all, his background is mostly video game design, in games such as World of Warcraft. The other half, Daniel Abraham, throws in arcs and storylines, and now we have... The Expanse. One thing I really love about the mechanics of these novels is the narrative device directly borrowed from George R. R. Martin, uh, George R. R. Martin POV characters. The Expanse, however, uses less characters than Song of Ice and Fire. In book one, as you remember, every chapter alternates back and forth t- between Miller and Holden. Another interesting detail I found through interviews is that these characters were taken from role-playing and tabletop games that the authors were involved with. Holden remains in every book because he is awesome. The hero who annoys everyone with his altruism and is considered to be honest to an extremely dangerous fault. Side effects of Holden's honesty policy include galactic wars, and alien hostility that can change the rules of physics. He is, however, very funny, loyal, and idealistic, viewed as a fault by most of the characters. The authors call him, quote, the Holy Paladin. Books two and three each have four characters, and Daniel Abraham acknowledges Martin as the first known innovator of this POV chapter technique, of which um, Daniel Abraham also uses in his fantasy series, Dagger and Coin, which I think he's talked about Dagger and Coin before. Yeah, he's mentioned it before. This Expanse universe has one completed trilogy, with another trilogy on the way, and five novellas, two of which have been released already. The style is gritty, dark, space opera. According to the duo, Book 5 is really going to explain the crazy billion-year-old aliens more from Books 3 and 4, but the authors also assure us that they try very hard to for create is one story for each book, (laughs) another story for each trilogy, and for one, the whole series. And so far, it's a pretty good pile of stories. The big idea, maybe, is what does mankind do with balancing exploration of the unknown with respect to maintaining power? And what's up with the two billion year old goo found on Phobos? Throw in some fun uh, throw in some fun with alien goo emanating emulating the Ebola virus. And you get a touch of vomit zombies. So humans screw up a lot. But we still have more to admire than to despair over. Like the Mormons. No, seriously. You dudes play a huge role throughout the overarching story. And the rest so far is awesome. 
So check it out, The Expanse, by James S.A. Corey. Fans can also look forward to the duo's upcoming Star Wars novel, which will focus on Han Solo in between episodes 4 and 5. Out in March, I think. Yay! <laughs> uh, Brainy, thank you very much for uh, taking the time to write that in. I uh, didn't realize we played so prominently in uh, such a uh, set of novels, but uh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I, re- I remember you mentioning Dagger and Coin before, yeah. and I think that would, may have been like the first in the series. So I think he was talking about the rest of them. Okay, Joey's Culture Corner. Uh, brief one tonight, because I don't want to say too much about this. I don't want to ruin it for people. Uh, my, I took my kids out on Monday night. <laughs> Sorry, just trying to think and make sure that was correct. It's been a long week, Pete. Well, I know it wasn't last night. Yeah. So that leaves Wednesday, Tuesday, and Monday. It was Monday night. Um, so we went out on on Monday night. We went to, as a family with uh, her, her brother and his wife, we went to a live nativity. This is uh, somebody who, they just they have a huge chunk of land up in American Fork Canyon here in Utah. And you you they take you in, they take you, into the nativity environment in the back of a, a horse trailer. Uh-huh. And it's all enclosed, so you can't see where you're going. And you step out of the horse trailer, and there's these guys. They're dressed up as Roman soldiers. And they tell you, okay, everybody get in line, queue up. It's time to go pay your taxes. And, I mean, they you know they get up in people's faces and kind of shout at them and things <laughs> like that. It, it's it's highly entertaining. I keep hoping they'll pick me because I'm I, I'm like I'm always working on my dialogue. I'm I'm gonna get right back in this guy's face and you know Caesar could go shove it. You know, <laughs> pretty sure that's what they would have said. Oh my gosh. Uh, anyways, and so they take you in and they you you see a lot of animals. You know, there's like they have camels and they have emu and they have just you know all kinds of wild animals yeah emus i believe they were there in uh oh, who knows at the time of christ I, i'm pretty <laughs> sure llamas weren't but there's some llamas there <laughs> dromedaries of any kind they're always welcome <laughs> but uh then you continue on and it's i think it's about a mile and a half to two mile walk to go through the whole thing and you, you continue to go into their property and you arrive at a barn and in, inside the barn there are people actually doing a lot of the the crafts and the manual labor tasks that were done in the world at that time. So there's a person sitting there at a loom actually, you know, weaving looming weaving a blanket. <laughs> uh, they have a real blacksmith come and he makes horseshoes. <laughs> what why is that so entertaining? <laughs> well, think about it. He's he's, he's at looming. a loom. <laughs> got it. Looming. looming. Okay. <laughs> come on, that's yeah, gold. I, no, I got you now. I, I know where you're coming from. <laughs> looming. <laughs> Uh, but then they you know, they do pottery, they make bread, they, so they have these people doing, and you can stop at each station and they'll kind of describe how what we do today is different from you know what they would have done back around the time that Christ was born. And then you head out of the barn and you go past, there's some people, there's a choir standing there dressed as angels and they're singing, and you continue on into another barn where they actually have uh, every year a married couple and a newborn child that sit there. They give birth right there. No, they don't give every birth. Every night. They don't A new birth, birth every night. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, they've got a, a little baby there, and, you know, everybody walks, just kind of silently files past. And then you go out, and they have a cup of hot chocolate. You get back on the, the truck, and the truck takes you back to where your car is parked. 
Nice. Uh, that is not Joey's Culture Corner. That's oh, dang. I was like, so what part of that didn't nope. you want to give away? So after like that... Jesus as a baby, or was it the emus? <laughs> the emus. <laughs> <laughs> the presence of the llama at the birth of our Savior. <laughs> but uh, as we're heading home, you know, I, I was thinking I really wanted to take my kids to see the movie Frozen. I, I try to take oh, okay. my kids out to see most of the Disney movies that come out. We had not had an opportunity to go see Frozen, and I just I declared on the spot, there, it's ten o'clock at night. We can get to the last showing of Frozen. It won't we won't it won't be done until one a.m. You're both staying home from school tomorrow. We're all going to go out as a family and watch Frozen. Wow! And uh, d- you know, then my wife's like, "We are." <laughs> <laughs> so there was a little discussion that ensued, and. And we did go see Frozen. <laughs> a discussion. <laughs> um, and I really, I, you know, there's been a few of these movies that I go to that I'm there to just experience them with my children. I, I am not walking in expecting to find anything in it for myself. And occasionally I'm not surprised <laughs> yeah, by okay. the lack of, of writing that there is for, you know, I'm, I'm not the target audience. I get that. Um, I was really, really, really surprised by this movie. In fact, this may be in my top five list of Disney movies ever made. That's pretty high. I mean, I walked out of this movie and I I didn't stop talking about it to my wife for half an hour about all the things I liked about what they did with this movie. Again, I don't want to give that list because I feel to do so would potentially destroy some of the things that i enjoyed like if someone had told me uh, I'll, I'll say this much the advertising for this movie has been terrible yeah that w- as you were talking i was thinking wow that doesn't that seems odd since most of the stuff that i've seen of it is trying to play up you know this the goofy snowman s- snowman yes yeah. Yeah, so I figured okay you know it's going to be you know there'll be some chuckles but i've probably seen all the good jokes already uh a, you you're wrong if you think that. There, there's plenty of other good material in there. You're not even seeing like that snowman character is a very very minor part of the story. Mm-hmm. He's barely in the movie at all. But he's um, cute, and he probably gets the kids in. The yeah, door. he does. Yeah, but the uh, the relationships between people is what this movie is really about. Also, it's a musical. I don't think you would know that if you only no. watched. I am yeah. surprised about that. I, I was super surprised when the characters started singing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no clue this was going to be mu- a musical. And I missed the Disney musicals. Yeah, sure. I sure. think that was a very you know strong part of my childhood was, you know, you knew that you were going to see a Disney movie. There were going to be the characters singing and it would be good music. Now, I'm not going to say this is, you know, this isn't Tim Rice and Elton John, but the music was enjoyable. And overall, the 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 arc that the story took, I was very surprised by. The, you know, you sit there in the audience and you're kind of like, oh, you know, it's a Disney movie. The, the you know the guy and the girl and the kiss and the you know it's all going to work out like this. You will be surprised if you're expecting that. So I don't. The guy say ends up with the snowman. <laughs> uh, he ends up with the reindeer. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that's that's really all I want to say, other than to say, I highly recommend if you if you still have a chance, go see it. Go with out your and kids. see this movie. If you don't have, if you have kids, kids, knock somebody up. <laughs> go take her out. I'm sure. Or you know, just 
pull over, pick some kid up off the street, yes. <laughs> take them to the yes. movie theater. You say, hey, you want to go see a movie? <laughs> yeah, all good ideas. <laughs> anyway, I you know I really liked the the fact that this movie was so much more than what was presented in the advertising. Now, I think that's a failure on the part mm-hmm. of the advertisers. Probably. But uh, for me, I walked out of this movie as pleasantly surprised by a movie as I have been in at least 10 years. Fantastic. Now, did your kids stay awake through the whole thing? Yes, they did. Okay. That was that was what I wanted to know. <laughs> you were holding your breath there for that. Yeah, I was. Moving on to episodes. We are going to cover episodes 9 through 10 of Battlestar Galactica Season 4. We'll start with episode 9, The Hub. What Rosalind saw in the space between jumps. Um, there's some really cool stuff, I thought. Yeah, I enjoyed this episode. Really, really cool. Um, so, in between the jumps, Rosalind is seeing Elosha. Yeah. And herself and other people. Yeah. Yep. But before we get into that, I realized in the recap, previously on Battlestar Galactica, we didn't really talk about Adama's statement that he can't live without Rosalind. That's true. We didn't. We just ignored it I, last I, podcast. I, like, I didn't really, there were so many other things going on in that, in that episode. I didn't really process, I, I had no idea he was that far in love with her. Yeah. I knew he felt, you know, warm towards her. I didn't know it had, it had developed to that deep of an emotion. Yeah. Were you, like, the first time you watched it or even now, you're like, oh, yeah, that, it just seemed like you a big jump it, for the character. Yeah, you, you see it all coming along. Okay. Um, I can't say that I was surprised. Um, there's, you know, there's nothing at, there's no point at which you say, aha, you know, it's just a casual moving along of those two characters that by the time that is said, totally buy it. Okay. Totally get it. And so that's, uh, yeah, that's okay. I, I really like the, I really like it. So the whole idea of seeing things in between jumps made me think of X-Men, of Nightcrawler. Okay. And I don't know if you, how closely you followed the the various versions of Nightcrawler, but there's a there's a popular iteration. I think it's during Claremont's run where when Nightcrawler teleports from one space to another, he's actually traveling to another dimension, walking a distance, and then traveling back to our dimension. And at some point, he actually, in that dimension, they actually managed to, the the time, there's a time dilation effect when he goes into this other dimension. And so they managed to slow him down while he's there. And it turns out it's like this this hell dimension and things are mm. really, really terrible. And, you know, he's like, oh, I'm not sure I ever want to teleport again now that I've seen <laughs> what I'm passing through. Anyway, uh, so just, it just, you know, called that to my mind because I was like, oh, when they jump, there, there's... That lost time, something's in there. You know what it made me think of? What? Deanna. When she was killing herself. Okay. The space between the death. Between worlds. And the resurrection. I see. No, I, I see That's the connection I made. I'm not that huge of a fan of uh, the, X-Men. the X-Men like you are. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Well, it made me wonder... Again, this is you know I I'm I I've said before I have this thing about the third party. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if that's where jump technology came from, and we're actually 
interacting with a higher plane of existence or a lower plane of existence even during that space in between the beginning of the jump and the termination of the jump. Oh, that's interesting. I feel like there was like a Star Trek about that somehow. Or, or oh, it was like the Traveler. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you kinda, know, the yeah. next stage, the next level of existence is to be in between this space. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Kind of cool. Um. Okay, so I li- I enjoyed this, you know, spiritual escapade that she takes her through. It's kind of a surprise at first when she shows up and you're like, whoa, cool, this, this character is back that, you know, died uh, so long ago. Uh, she died in season one, I think, or was it season two? I think it was season two. She died on Kobol, right? Yes, yes. Trying to get to... Yeah, to uh, the Temple of Athena. Tomb of Athena, Temple of Athena. Tomb of Athena. Um, okay, so... <laughs> We next have, uh, you know, the, the hybrid is, so the reason this is jumping is because the hybrid is doing this over and over and over again. Um, it's and, panicking. Yeah, it is panicking. But what I found so hilarious is Gaius's attempt at calming <laughs> the hybrid. Uh, and then to just yell all, at it? <laughs> all, all of the, 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 the various ways in which they're trying to communicate with this hybrid. It's just, uh, for me, was really, really I don't funny. know why they don't just cut that aid open. It worked last time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, just the the blood in there, but yeah, something special. Maybe they don't realize that that's what was what happened. Um. Okay. So back to Elosha. She kind of gets mean. Yeah, she does, and she says some things to Rosalind that I'm not entirely sure I buy. I, Such I, as like, well, the the one line that she, you know they're they're standing there and they're watching. Rosalind dying of cancer, and there's some other people gathered around the bedside there. Mm-hmm. And Elosha makes the comment, you didn't rob them of their empathy yet. You don't love people. And I thought, I, I don't know that that's true. I mean, maybe you could say that, you know, in her role as president, she's lost the the idea of love for the common individual, and she's so caught up in oh save you know save the fleet save the fleet that she's forgotten about the impact on individual people. I think you could say that, but I don't I don't think it's fair to say Rosalind doesn't love people. She's missing seeing the trees because of the forest yes. that's in front of her. I think that's the point. Okay. I think that's what Elosha is trying to do because, you know, she's mean to her up front. And it's there's kind some of a tough love. Re- kind of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Really difficult scenes as she's watching herself die. And, you know, in the end, she kind of comes through and she's more softer yeah. again to her like she was at the beginning. Um, so I, I think that was intentional okay. to try and shock her and, you know, make her think like, Hey, you know, th- this is still about people, um, very, very much so in the relationships that we have with them. Um, because she, I mean, that kind of is what turns the tide later on when she decides to save Gaius. Right. You know, she had yeah. ripped his bandage off after he, he was just watching him bleed to death. Yeah. It, you know, mutters that he was the one who yeah. uh, who <laughs> brought about the downfall of all humans. And she's like, oh, screw this. <laughs> um, and it's because of Elosha. And, you know, she's getting past this and, you know, maybe realizing that there's some 
some humanity, some sort of love and empathy that she could share towards I, I want to come back to that yeah. when we get to that point because yeah. I have some comparisons I want to make. Good, good. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've mentioned before I'm watching these with my wife. And so we sit on kind of a little love seat slash mini couch. Mm-hmm. And we watch them, and we're usually snuggled up pretty close, and I've got my laptop out, and I'm taking my notes. And every once in a while, my wife will look down at my notes, I think just trying to get my read on, you know, whatever we just saw on the screen. And so Hilo gets a back rub from a number eight. And I type the note, is it cheating if it's a clone of your wife? (laughs) And my wife scoots away from me. On this little tiny couch that there's not that much room to scoot, turns so that her body is angled away from me, watches TV for a few more seconds, and then looks at me and says, yes. So Uh, there you go. (laughs) Apparently it's cheating even if it's a clone of her. I think about it. It, It's a genetic clone is a twin, right? Yeah. So that's not okay. Well, but... I don't like. I don't think of the Cylons as individual personalities in a lot of cases. They are the model, uh-huh. and so I don't. I. I. You know. I wonder in that situation if I would consider it being unfaithful. I'm not so sure I would. Apparently, my wife would unequivocally <laughs> enough so that she felt the need to scoot away from me because she was upset that I would type it as a question. Yeah. Um. You know, it, it's it's kind of interesting. You, you bring up, you know, the you mentioned the different personalities. I tend to think that there are different personalities for them. Even though the programming may be the same, they still make different decisions because they're in different situations. And so I think that just naturally will cause someone to have a little bit of a different personality. Certain of the cavils are more... Okay. You know, abrasive sure. and in control than the others. Um, or the Leobans, it's not entirely certain, is this the same Leoban that was keeping her cooped up, or is this a different Leoban? I, I don't know. Uh, and definitely with the eights, we see a broad yeah, a br- yeah, we do. variety of what's going on with them. But I, Again, I, that, that could be part of the programming. I tend to think of those similarly to how I think of the you know if you take the many worlds interpretation of quantum physics and you say okay somewhere there's a me that instead of turning right that day he turned left that day and i don't know why i just did those backwards <laughs> stage left <laughs> stage left there you go that's what yeah. i meant uh i understood what you were saying because you did it that way uh anyway so i you know i i tend to think of different versions of the model as you know there's still the same if you will soul there and it's only the things that can be changed by circumstance, by witnessing or participating in certain events. And and so I guess that, that's a way of putting it. Instead of saying a clone, is it cheating if it's the alternate universe version of your wife? That's interesting. That's very, very interesting. Um, hmm. What what is a what I feel is a violation here uh, is that you know Boomer talks about how she accessed the memories from the last download that uh, um, Athena yeah. had had done, and so that's how she understood and and knew. It's not Boomer. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Okay. eight. I just wanted to be clear. That eight. Um, 
she is, you know, she's doing this thing that she knows that Hilo likes right. because she learned it from this download, which I feel is a definite violation. I know we talked about this before. I think it was back in, I think it may have been back in TNG, um, where we we talked about, you know, hey, you have the right to remain silent. You don't have to convict yourself by talking about, you know, whatever happened to you. But, you know, we'll take your fingerprint. We'll take your blood. We'll do sure. a breathalyzer. Um, although, I guess, don't you have to have a court order to get blood? Do to get blood, yeah. Anyway, but, you know, freely you can you can get other things from people, etc. Is it, you know, can you ever take the memories of someone and, you know, if we ever get to a point in technology where we can download memories, can those be used against you? Can your own thoughts be used against you? Um, and I, I don't think so. I think those are inviolable. Those are things that are you, that make up you. Um, so I th- I think it's a huge violation for what this eight did to go and download the memories of this other uh, uh, model Athena, um, and and try. And I don't know understand. that I agree with you. Uh, you know, if it, if it were humans, if they were humans, that would be one thing. But where the whole of silent society is built around this culture of shared cultural memory within the model, I I, I don't know that. I mean, it's it's fundamental to their concept of the universe. Uh huh. I I see that. But I would argue. This model isn't part of that society anymore. It's left. I, I see your point, but I, yeah. I don't know that that model that doesn't that doesn't mean anything to that eight. Right. You know, she's still in there and thinks that that's okay right. to her. That is the right. culture, right? That, right. So, so I don't know. I you know, it, I I think it's a great question. It's something to really give some thought to. But in this case, I feel comfortable saying I I don't think that that eight did anything wrong in her own moral compass uh so after i directly after i wrote accessing memories from the last download yeah that's weird the line from uh that eight is i don't want it to be strange (laughs) yeah which how can you possibly expect it to be oh that's totally normal oh sure yes the the memories of my wife that was downloaded yeah i'm i'm totally cool with you using those to please me <laughs> Oof, that's weird very very weird yeah well and the, if there's anything that makes something more weird it's saying hey let's not let this make this weird <laughs> If right? you're ever like, saying that, you're calling it out now. <laughs> That's a clear sign that it's definitely <laughs> that, weird. That ship has already sailed. <laughs> Horses out of the barn. Um, okay, so another uh, quote that I wrote down here this said by Cavill Boomer's my pet eight. And an eight can make a passionate ally. Oh, creepy. <laughs> very, very creepy. And she's, she's fine with that. Yeah, she she's does. Standing, she she kind of like, nods. <laughs> there's no disagreement from her. Um, okay, so the scene with the pilots, the Cylon pilots, the human pilots, um, I found, I thought it was stupid. You know, the jockeying back and yeah, forth. Yeah. Totally dumb. Um, let's see here. I, I thought, though, the, the pseudo-Athena, I'm going to call her, mm-hmm. for lack of a better name, uh, she did a pretty good job of getting control of the situation. Yeah. So, Baltar and Rosalind 
uh, continue to try to talk to the hybrid. <laughs> um, and uh, let's see, my next note, I don't remember where I was going with that, but my next note is Rosalind can't afford to be sentimental. In other words, lying is okay. Uh, this is, again, another one of those jumps away where, you know, she was with Alosha and, you know, she's probably seeing, I can't remember what scene she's seeing, uh, but I, you know, it's in that position of authority, as you sit up there, you don't have the... Luxury. Luxury, good word, of being sentimental at that point. Because you can't think of just this one individual. Because if you only think about this one individual, you're ignoring the host of other people that you may be royally screwing over. Um, But on the other hand, you can't, as you said earlier, get so focused on the forest that you forget about the individual trees. Correct, correct. Uh, You know, there's this expression on Rosalind's face as they're trying to get through to the the hybrid and it jumps. She just gives this exasperated kind of smirk at the camera, looking right in dead into the camera and like, here we go again kind of thing. I thought that was priceless. I Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. So, uh, they wake up, they unbox the Deanna model and she promptly kills Cavill. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, let's see here. Gaius. Uh, Oh, Okay, the scenes with Gaius trying to teach a Cylon toaster. <laughs> Sharing yes. Yes, his gospel <laughs> with it. And I, I love that the, the Cylon acknowledges Gaius's presence, yeah. looks at him from time to time as, as Gaius is talking, but Gaius is just so completely unfazed in his uh, communication <laughs> With this Cylon, who we're we're not fully certain, does it have sentience? Does it understand all of this stuff? Or you know, did we did we keep the inhibitor still on these? What you know, what yeah. what is it that's happening? Um, I just absolutely love the scene, the scenes because there are a yeah, few. It, it was pretty good. Um, I I kind of felt like the Deanna wakes up. I don't know. I I feel like she either very quickly figured out the whole situation or maybe she had some foresight of this exact moment because her reaction to the cavil and her immediate grasp and control of the situation seems very preternatural like mm. almost like she she knew this moment was coming and she was primed for it or the writers just sure <laughs> made her great yeah no you're right it's possible <laughs> um uh so we have the battle of the hub um, as the, uh, which I felt like the battle was, uh, you know, it went fast. Yeah. It, it just seemed like it was too easy for this very ragtag group. And we saw that there were other, two other base stars there next to the hub. And it didn't seem like there was this massive swarm of Raiders and of stuff. Raiders like we've seen in the past. You raise an excellent point. It just sort of seems like, oh, we were able to handle this. Yeah, we took some losses, but uh, yep, we're okay. And you know, in the end, they're able to blow it up. I, you know, they they get the Deanna out of there, and you know, these other ships are sitting off to the side who've got the nukes, and which I, how did the Cylons not know that they had nukes out there? <laughs> anyway, they fire them. They blow up the hub, which was a pretty dang cool yeah, explosion. It was. 
uh, even you know the light emanating off of it, as though all of those souls that were contained ah, within there are you know going out into the ether, never to be reused again. Um, anyway, that that's only my personal opinion of of the situation. Sure. Uh, Baltar takes one in the belly, and my yep. note was: Could this finally be the end of Gaius fracking Baltar? <laughs> I, I believe that Colonel Ty told us that that was Gaius's middle name. <laughs> uh, I, I so want to remember that quote. We are not going to talk about the the gentle body of Gaius fracking Baltar. I wish I, I know that's not the right line, but it's, it's pretty close. It is. Um, anyway, so fragile, fragile body, the fragile body. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so. Rosalind is helping Gaius, patching him up, because she still thinks and recognizes him as he must be placed some importance here. Um, And in his haze, he mentions, you know, the the greatest thing that he's, you know... um, His guilt. His guilt. His, you know, he's disappointed in what he did. And then he explains, he let them in. He's officially said it. Yep. Um, And... So she decides, I think I'll just let him bleed out. <laughs> you know, what was interesting was that she didn't have in her med kit any of the blood clotting powder that they used on uh, Gaeta's leg. Remember, she they had this clotting powder that they dumped in there and it burned and she, stuff? She's not a... Um, an an- Ca- combat a paramedic. trained medic, medic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, all sure. she did is just pull out gauze and put it over the top and lay put one piece of tape over that gauze <laughs> which we know clearly wasn't fixing yeah, because the we problem. could see all that blood the the pool that was of bud. that was a gory wound by the way yeah hat tip to the the makeup crew on that it was incredibly <laughs> stomach wrenching to watch <laughs> um let's see here oh okay quote uh now there's no difference this is right after the uh, explosion of the hub and eight was saying Indiana. Um, now there's no difference. We are the humans and us. We are all in the same boat together yep. now. Uh, let's see here. Okay. This is the, the ending Elosha and Roslyn in between the, the jumps. Um, or maybe she had just passed out. I can't remember. Anyway, I, the comment that I wrote down here is we don't decide who lives and dies, or at least we should not be the ones who sure. decide who live and die. So there's a great quote from Elosha in this part right here, where she says, if humanity is going to prove itself worthy of surviving, it can't do it on a case by case basis. Mm-hmm. The bad man feels his death just as keenly as the good man. And from that quote, it took me all the way back to season one and my original thought and impression that the Cylons, or at least some force within, some faction within the Cylons, are in their minds doing God's work by testing humanity and yep. seeing if we're worthy. I remember you talking about that. And, and Elosha has said, if humanity is going to prove itself worthy, someone, somewhere, something is judging us. Could it be the gods? It could be, or it could be the one god, the Cylon god, who is also Carathrace, uh, <laughs> El- 
Valentine. Who else have I speculated at different points is not human? <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, just love someone. She wakes up and she's like, yeah. "Oh dear, what have I done?" And she then starts to help bring him back around, and I, I thought it prevents it was, him from dying. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting that we hit this episode at the time we did because there's such a Christmas Carol vibe to this episode. <laughs> I didn't think about that, but you're right. Uh, the, there kind of is. You know, it's the ghost of Christmas past. You know, and. And helping Rosalind overcome and come back into the world and love people. Yeah, there there is no more polarizing figure of hatred within the remaining humans as Gaius Baltar. Yeah. He is universally hated, uh, barring, you know, his harem. This man has done so many terrible things and she finally hears it, him admit that he was doing it. And even after that, she can finally say, no, I'm, I'm not going to do this. I'm, I'm going to, you need to live. You deserve life. Um, which uh, I'm kind of iffy on. Uh, Maybe okay with letting guys go. I don't know that she came to the conclusion he deserves life so much as she came to the conclusion. I deserve better than to have to go around the rest of my life with your blood on my hands. Uh, Yeah. I see the difference you make there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Uh, let's see here. Rosalind questions Deanna. Deanna is brought to her. She starts to ask her questions. Deanna basically says, "Yeah, I'm, no. I hold I, all the cards I, here. I, I, I'm not giving you anything." <laughs> um, they start jumping back, and then they jump back, and Adama puts his book down and goes flies back, and they the two of them reunite and embrace. She tells him she loves him. Right. And he does the Han Solo thing of, yeah, it's about time. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, not exactly Han Solo, but, you know, it's the, oh, I'm the tough guy. I can't yep. say I love you back. I have to come up with some witty rejoinder. Yeah. Ex- yep. Exactly agree with that. Um, so that, those are the, the last of my notes. I don't know if you have anything else that you. I, you I have one other thing, up. but I'm saving it for my rating. Okay. Uh, let me pull open the. Uh, emails. We'll start with uh, Brainy first. He says, I really liked the scenes with Gaius talking to the Centurion drone. Both actors did a great job, and the Cylon's deadpan was classic. <laughs> I am also really enjoying Gaius's character development, as he is now emerging as this society's first known theist. The concept of how Mono versus Polly clash of the theisms is one of the key story arcs of the spin-off series Caprica. And speaking of spin-offs, wouldn't Gaius um wouldn't the uh speaking of spin-offs, wouldn't the obvious choice be Gaius presents the Nymph Squad? <laughs> I you know, think you could get HBO to pick that up. I, I'm I'm more interested in in the little known sequel to Clash of the Titans, Clash of the Theisms. <laughs> oh, that would be terrible. <laughs> uh, he continues as Hilo proves Rosalind's clearly become the ultimate baddie of the series, from merciless baby snatcher to genocidal space Nazi. She has certainly taken a dark journey. But she seems to finally do something positive by not killing Gaius. Although, 
It would have been pretty cool if she had let him bleed out, but he remained to haunt her as head Gaius. <laughs> that would have been pretty funny. That would have been interesting. Really funny. Ultimately, as always, my favorite part of the episode, the psycho-babbling hybrid Cylon, was awesome, yet not fully explored as a character. But it did make for great sci-fi, and Jane Espenson wrote another pretty good episode here, with a great twisty dark theme from Bear. And another idea for a top five, sci-fi bioships. Hmm. Kind of interesting. Sci-fi 8, TV 8, uh, sorry, TV 7, music 8. Uh, Brainy, good, uh, good email there. Uh, let's see here. Mark had written in. Here we go. Yay, we get to see Elosha again. And she is Rosalind's spirit guide. Although, I'm not sure whether Elosha is guiding Rosalind to the next life or providing the way to Earth. It was fun to see my favorite Cylon model in this episode, the number ones, Cavill. It is mentioned that the base star is taking longer to heal than normal. The Cavill-led initial ambush really did a lot of damage. Sci-Fi 8, TV 7. Um, what's interesting here is, you know, he, he mentions the, the Cylon base star healing itself. Where is it getting the material? The material for this. It's, I'm happy that it's it's, it's doing intergalactic it. space dust. <laughs> it's out there, folks. Yep. The space is it's actually more there. full of stuff than it is not. Uh, yeah, dark matter. <laughs> okay, those are the emails. Uh, at this point, Pete, I have no idea who's supposed to go first. Oh, come on, come on, <laughs> Pete. What's your science fiction rating? Seven. I do like this. I do enjoy. Maybe I should be giving this a little bit higher because of all of the many things that I mentioned that I like so much. The hybrid, um, then trying to teach religion to a Cylon chrome toaster. <laughs> Just phenomenal. Uh, I gave this an eight for science fiction. Uh, I, I think that the Elosha stuff, the, the Christmas mm. Carol-y vibe of it yeah. also deserves some, some credit there. Yeah, great, great point. Uh, for television, I only give this a six. This seems really scattered, um, and I and honestly disjointed sometimes for me. Still enjoyable, really enjoyed it, but only a six. Uh, I gave it a seven for TV. I think the disjointed nature of it actually helped sell the storyline because. Rosalind's mind is very disjointed through the episode and we're kind of seeing it through her point of view and making it kind of kind of choppy like that gives that the viewer that sense of of unease general unease that Rosalind is experiencing. I I think the character both physically and you know spiritually emotionally what have you is a broken character and needs that healing. I mean obviously she's got the cancer that's slowly killing her but inside you know, morally, spiritually, yeah. she is not that same person that she was before she became president. Uh, you know, I also I'm, I'm also giving this a bump for uh, the moment when Deanna says to the president, "You don't even know that you're one of them." 
<laughs> That's right. I forgot was, about that. I thought that was hilarious because I was like, wait, what? And then Deanna's like, ah, you should see your face. <laughs> Moving on to our next episode, Revelations. The final five do, in fact, lead the way to Earth. But not one second before the mysterious third party is ready for them to do so. <laughs> You know, uh, there's a there's a line near the beginning of this episode. Lee is talking to Kara, and he says, "You know, the scariest thing my mother ever used to tell me as a kid: your father's waiting for you in his study." Also, a line that I feared greatly as a child. <laughs> Although he didn't have a study, so it was just, "Your father wants to speak with you." And you knew you were in it deep then. Yep, you'd done something wrong. You're, you were going through the list, everything you'd done wrong for the past three years, <laughs> trying to figure out what he caught you at. <laughs> Quote, for children to reach their full potential, the parents must die. Yeah. You agree? Um, so I think we talked about this the, the time the line was originally delivered mm-hmm. by the Leoban. I, I think in a metaphorical sense, you have to break out of the mold of following what your parents are. And in that sense, yes, the parents do have to die. This this Im- childish image of my my father as the perfect image of manliness or my mother as the paragon of, of female, you know, uh, form and, and, and behavior. Those have to die in order for me to become an adult. I have okay. to be able to move into understanding them as people instead of as my parents. Thank goodness. I, 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 I'm just glad we don't actually have to kill our parents. <laughs> you know, we don't have to see them die in order for us to become the adult. You know, otherwise, we're like, oh, man, why can't I ever get to the adult's table? <laughs> oh, right. I have to kill my parents. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so Deanna ends up holding everyone hostage on the base ship, all of the humans that are there. Um, well, and, and she she has this line that really made me raise my eyebrows. I think it was the eight who was saying, you know, we have to cooperate. We have to work together here. And Deanna makes the comment, we, co- we cooperated on New Caprica. That's mm-hmm. cooperation by yeah. you? Yeah. That, that was ruling with an iron fist. Yes. You you had death squads. <laughs> There's never room for a death squad in a cooperative effort. It just they can't coexist. Well, what a great point. Uh, I'm going to make sure that gets on your headstone. <laughs> That's going to be the quote. <laughs> People are going to come to that uh, cemetery and be like. What in the world happened to this guy that that's the quote he had to use? That was the one good line he had in his entire life. <laughs> okay, here what I really enjoy um, is uh, when it shows Gaeta getting up. Yeah, <laughs> stumping really around the CNC. Looks like he has no yeah. leg down there, which I, I love. That is so awesome that they did a really good job with that. I don't see in the... And it, maybe it's the low tech nature of you know what's played on um, uh, Netflix, you know, but it it doesn't look like CGI. I watched it in high def, and you, I didn't, I could not see any indication. They did a really good job here. You know, what would be awesome is if for this role he had his leg partially <laughs> <Removed>. amputated. 
Like Ron Moore came to him and said, you know, we really, we think he, that this is going to bring the out. method actor. We're going to bring this character out in you so much better. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Ah, I'll do it. Moore's like, great, then we'll schedule you for the <laughs> leg removal. Wait, what? <laughs> um, okay, so they all meet back together and uh, they're all talking. Deanna is uh, um, basically saying, yeah, you, I, I'm keeping these. I know who the final five are. They're in your fleet. Well, no. What does she say then? She says only four of the five are in the fleet. She tells she Rosalind She says, I've that. made contact with four no, no, of no. them. No, when before they go back to Galactica, she's talking to Rosalind Does and she? tells Rosalind, yeah, there's only four of them in the fleet. I did. I missed that. So we, I must have missed that. The, whoever the fifth is, I was just is, referring to when they're in the hangar bay, and all four of them are. I mean, there's Ty, there's yeah. Tori, there's Tyrrell, there's uh, Anders, and she makes eye contact with yes, all of does, them, yeah. and that's her. You know, her statement is, "I've already been in contact gotcha. with yeah. them all." Yeah. No. It was, and you have to give them to me. It was when Rosalind was saying, you know, she's talking to Rosalind and she's like, Rosalind's like, so you just expect us to let these five people just come with you. And Deanna says, four. And, like, they kind of they kind of brush over it. I mean, they don't, nobody reacts Yeah, I mean, clearly, I, I don't, I don't remember the line at all. But yeah. I certainly caught it and I was like, oh, oh. So, the evidence that Ellen is the final <laughs> Cylon continues to mount. Okay. Yeah, I, t- I must have totally missed that line. Uh, let's see here. Lee is president now. And finally, the too-dumb-to-be-allowed-to-live paladin has gotten a bit of a brain. Uh, he's His moral high horse is not quite so high. And he's like, oh, you know what? There are things that I have to do to compromise in order to lead my people successfully. Are you referring to anything specific? I I can't remember. I just made that note. Okay. So I, it's something in in the conversation where he's, I want to say he's on the phone with the Deanna. And he's like, yeah, okay, you know, we'll see what we can do or something like that. Oh, no, no. it's it, I know what it is. It's when he agrees with Rosalind's plan to blow up the ship if they get the final four. Okay. Or the four. Um, which is a uh, a note carried back. Uh, by yes, by uh, Adama, Lea, uh, yeah, William Adama. Um, okay, quote: I love living, Gaius Baltar, which shows motivation, one of the motivating factors behind Gaius Baltar's decisions. Okay, which is all about Gaius Baltar. I want to make sure I live because I love living. Which we sometimes, well, a lot of times in in a society, celebrate this idea. Oh yeah, I love life, man. I live it to the fullest all the time. But it can be so easily skewed and taken to the worst possible places, which is what Gaius Baltar did. Sure, yeah, a completely selfish life. Uh, Tori is no less evil for having revealed herself. She's still pretty broken. As a being, emotionally or morally, I'm not sure what's going on there, but she is 
Did, she's turning the screws, right? Yeah. D- did you enjoy the scene where she's like, oh, I, I have to go over with them? <laughs> yeah. You know, because Deanna had said, you know, hey, look, you have to let them all come over here. You cannot stop them. Let it happen. And the <laughs> no one clued in. No one noticed anything. It's, uh, oh, I need to go over there to take the president her medication. And, well, and the the impassioned plea that's, you know, she's my mm-hmm. president. I've been with mm-hmm. her since the beginning. Yep. Uh, yeah, I thought that was also kind of corny. I, the, it, what's interesting to me is that how quickly in the episode we go from, hey, look, all we ask is that you not interfere with shuttle travel yeah, and let the three come over to, we're going to start killing hostages. And they do. Until what? How How is Lee supposed to force the three to do anything? Like she calls him up at one point. She's like, Mr. President, you're running out of time. Out of time to do what? What do you want from me? I don't understand what it is that she thinks he can do when he doesn't have the identity of these other three people. He's, it seems like the motivation worked, though. Because was the motivation for him or was the motivation for maybe the other Cylons? I see your point. And could that, be. It, We're it, not told specifically. Yeah, but No, I, I, I see how that, you know. Like, that thought did occur to me, but it's the phone call to the president where she's like, Mr. President, you're running out of time. I'm like, why are you telling him that? There's really nothing he can do about this. So Tyrrell, Anders, and Ty, as well as Tori, start hearing the music again. Yeah. Tori's already over on the the Cylon base ship, but the other three make their way to the Viper. But it's actually not the music that they're hearing. They are confusing... The sound of the colonial distress beacon with the sound of the music. If you listen to the colonial distress beacon, that is the rhythm that they're hearing. Um, okay, you're welcome to believe that if okay. you like. Right. I, I don't follow you on that. Okay. Um, let's see here. Ty uh, admits to being a Cylon. And asks to be used as a counter hostage. Yeah, he presents a plan. Yeah. But holy crap. <laughs> you know, this has got to be so terribly painful for the both of them. One, that Ty finally has to admit it. Yeah. He has to admit it to um the Admiral, his best friend in, you know, the universe. Yeah. Um and what is this doing now to Adama? I had a little bit of trouble with this. Um, I don't know. I just uh, let, let me put it this way, Pete. If it's ever revealed that you are somehow secretly my worst foe, <laughs> I'm not going to be that broken up about it. I'm not even sure I'd be that surprised by it. <laughs> I, I just I I I felt the emotional response for me. It didn't click. You know I. Sometimes I empathize with the characters in the show. Sometimes I don't. This is one where I didn't. I couldn't. I couldn't feel where he was coming from. I mean, I could tell. Yes, this is you know, almost is doing. I'm sure a fantastic job of portraying this distraught emotion, but it just didn't ring true for Adama, in my if, opinion. If if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. That's fair. Um, I felt the emotion. I felt it. Almost pro- as much for Ty as I did for Adama. 
you know, because of the torn. I mean, this guy is a mess in every sense of the yeah. word. Ty, I, I, I would agree with you. I did feel it for Ty. It was a Dama that I couldn't connect with. Okay. Um, and it's not meant to be an, a knock on the acting job. It's meant to be a knock on, I don't know. It's just, you know, there's a disconnect for me there. That's just, it's just the way it is. I would have loved to have seen him upend his desk. You know, he throws everything off I wanted, of it. I wanted him to break the ship again. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. That would have been hilarious. Just to have him, like, throw a book somewhere and just, in the background, just breaks a ship. <laughs> That's the sort of thing, like, you'd see on Firefly or, yeah, or something. Yeah, there you go. Or yeah. Arrested Development, where they take that into consideration. Um, okay, so Apollo does finally get tough with Deanna. Uh, because now they finally have one of them. Right. And he takes him down to the tube and he's, you know, hey, you know, time, you know, I'm going to put you in here. If you don't stop killing the, the hostages, um, you I'm going to flush him. I'm going to, I'm going to send him out. And she's like, no, you're not going to do that. Apollo talks to Ty and says, you need to tell me who the others are. Ty Tells does them. It. Yeah. They go down to where the, the Viper ship is um, and they're arrested. And yeah. I, I absolutely loved the look on Tyrrell's face. Oh, okay. It, as he was just like, <laughs> yeah, okay. I knew yeah. this was coming eventually. Yeah, you got, you got me. Anders just seemed like a you know an idiot just standing there. What? What's going on? Why are you arresting me? <laughs> I, I was really surprised Kara didn't put a bullet in Anders right then and there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a good point. That's a really good point. It seems to me like Tori is actually trying to get the other three killed. Really? She seems to be trying to escalate the situation rather than trying to find a solution. She's trying to force Deanna. She's like... She's definitely a Cavill type for sure. Definitely on the controlling side of things. Yeah. Okay. I, I can see that. Um, so I made a note. The Viper is special somehow. We don't know why, but it's some. There is something special about this. And um, let's see here. Neither Apollo or Deanna is backing down. So they've got all you know, Tyrell, Ty, and uh, Anders in the tube, ready to flush him. He's turned to the key, and of course we've seen this long series of what would normally take three seconds, but we see. <sighs> I hate this so much. Starbuck running through the ship to finally get to Lee to say, no, don't do this. Because there's no damn communications in the ship yeah. whatsoever. It There's no way to communicate with anybody <laughs> here. She has to run. It makes me so angry because that's way they think, oh, that's how you ratchet up the anxiety a little bit. Oh, this is tense. I have to run and I just barely get there. Come on. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I see your point. Just frustrated. Maybe I need you know, a minute to cool off. Whenever this happens in shows, I choose to believe that the character started running long before, like <laughs> in, in, in enough time sure. to have gotten there, right? Sure. And that it's not actually taking that long for that three second thing to take place. Yeah. Otherwise, she's the fastest sprinter in the world. <laughs> um, yes, you you that's that's fair, but I, I agree with you. Though. The point the point stands. Doesn't stop. Call. Pick up a phone. They're literally right next to you. Uh, Deanna makes the comment that 
something is orchestrating this for a purpose. There's a third party. Deanna's just told us there is. Okay. If we believe everything Deanna says, which, okay, yeah, she is still a Cylon and she's a very manipulative Cylon. Uh, Maybe we can't believe she everything she says, but she says something. I just don't remember the line. That's some, all I'm saying. Something is orchestrating this for a purpose. It's... Okay. When when they when it's when they're all standing in the bay looking at Kara's Viper. Um so Starbuck she you know again she gets there in the nick of time. Um she tells Lee and he doesn't believe. Um Starbuck's quote is it wants us to find Earth with the Cylons. Wasn't until all of the scenario happened that we finally got this information it took those other cylons you know coming here right. for us to, for me to start noticing this i see this thing she explains all of the electronics thing and you know this is a signature from uh the uh colonial, colonial distress beacon yes colonial distress beacon um which they should have maybe considered it's a distress beacon yeah, but well, that's just it. They hadn't been hearing it. They weren't aware of it. No, no, no. And they, saying, t- they went through that ship. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Okay. What I'm saying is the events at the end of the episode, it was a distress oh. beacon that was going <laughs> off. Maybe somebody should have put two and two together. Good point. <laughs> really good point. Um, quote, uh, this is Deanna and Lee. She says, all this has happened yes. before. And Lee's response is, but it doesn't have to happen again. Yeah, I really like that because we've heard that so many times. Yeah, right? really cool that they finally turn that on its head and and change around because the the comment is it's a very almost negative no hope to this like this has happened before it's going to happen again we can't get out of this loop. Lee says no, it doesn't have to be this way, and that uh, begins to kind of change things. They decide um, we go to Earth together. together yeah. We're we're going to do this together. I, I love Adama when they tra- they talk him back into leading the fleet. <laughs> yeah, his line is, "We got to roll the hard the hard six. We all go together as fast as we can." Yes, which is awesome. And, That's and never so they, the they, line. They That's jump a- and they get to Earth. And everyone celebrates. Fantastic way yep. yep. hey, we arrived. It's such a cool scene to watch all of these plants. I love the glow effect on the earth as the, you know, the ships are now coming in and basking in the warmth of yeah, the glow okay. of, of earth. Um, and then, which by the way, I made a side note here. Edward James almost has a great voice as you listen to him, you know, talking to the rest of the feet. I said Wait. I would lead you here and I did. Yeah. Yeah. That speech. Um, I love it. I was like, well, he kind of has the Morgan Freeman. Yeah, he has that gravitas. He has that that something in his voice that makes people say, oh, that's that's I like that. Um, Anyway, they arrive. um, And at first you see Adama looking at the soil. It's cold. It's miserable. It's and then you hear the Geiger counter. Yeah, the Geiger counter. (laughs) As soon as that Geiger counter started going. I was like, oh, no. My wife's like, what? I'm like, did you not hear that? It's a Geiger counter. Earth is a nuclear wasteland. Yes. So they're looking around at, you know, you're just seeing the close-ups of everybody as there's some, you know, big rocks kind of in the way. And, you know, they see maybe a portion of something that could have been a building. And they finally pan over and you see this decimated city, which I then made the note. You know what would have been really great here? Like a Statue of Liberty just sitting out there. 
Nice. Good. <laughs> it good. totally reminds yeah. me of the uh, Planet uh, of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. Sure. Um, that would have been. It would have been have made turn the series into a nonsense thing, <laughs> but that would have been so hilarious to so, see. You know, for me, I have to say, all in all, I'm I'm glad we decided to watch Battlestar Galactica. It was a good show. Had a good run. Uh, glad it's over now. <laughs> we, we found her. It shows shows over now, right? Sure. It's a great ending. Sure. Wonderful way to wrap up this story. It's weird that they didn't explain anymore, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they finally made it there, and they're going to make their best in this yep. irradiated planet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any other notes. Did you? No, that's all I have. Okay. Let's pull up the email. Um, Mark says... Uh, I wonder what Joey thinks about how the humans' reaction to finding out who the secret Cylons are. Most of them didn't react that much. I mean, obviously Adama did. Kara had some I facial expressions. I expected more out of Starbuck. Yeah, I, like I said, I expected her to put a bullet in him right then and there, pull out her sidearm, and bam, you're, you're done. <laughs> no more Anders. <laughs> uh, Adama, for me, the way that was exactly how I anticipated Adama okay. acting. Um, he continues, I like the buildup of emotion in this episode. Every time I watch it, I get more excited for the fleet to finally find Earth. Then I feel the disappointment when I see the handful of Earth and the radiation meter clicking away. To travel that great distance only to find more questions is a tragedy. What happened to the 13th colony? Were there any survivors? How do you go about finding where to search now? This is a great cliffhanger episode. I was glad I only had to wait six months for the resolution. <laughs> I bet Joey is happy that he can watch the next episode in a few weeks. Yeah. Sci-Fi 8 TV six 8. months. Well, enjoy your Christmas break. I'm assuming you are going to take some time off to be with family and won't be recording until next year. If you get tired and need a break from family and want to podcast again, I might be available to record a special show. Just putting the idea out there, yeah. listener M. Well, if uh, I'm not out of town on the 21st, they say we make that happen. Mark, thanks very much for uh, the email in. As always, you are great to, to send those in. Um, okay, Brainy. I like how the old man is sitting in his... Um, in his office, listens to the radio chatter of the pilots on duty at the time. I also like how the first thing he says to Ty is, but you had hair. It <laughs> <laughs> was his first thought, wasn't it? Also, what's up with the phrase, he wouldn't give a tinker's damn? I, I've heard it before. I mean, that's I not a new phrase to me. Uh, and doesn't Xenalon just take charge of the Cylon fleet with amazing alacrity? Yeah. Earth is just a big frack ball. One of my favorite twists in the series. Great music from Bear again, and another good script from the team of Bradley Thompson and David Weddle. Sci-Fi 9, TV 7, Music 8. Joey's Final Few. Okay. Can we just leave uh, Starbuck alone and stop caring about her? Okay. Okay. I'll try. 
<laughs> what up with the crazy opera house? Yeah, that was a, that was actually something that I I wanted to get into a little bit more. I you know I didn't really find the right place to bring it up, but we were told through the hybrid the dying leader will come to understand the opera house. If she did, I missed it. Because I still don't really understand. Yeah, that's weird. It's one of those things that they didn't explain at the end of this series here. Yeah. (laughs) If only there were more episodes we could watch. Well, you know, just like Lost, the writers and the creators of the show have let us down in the end. Uh, Fill in the backstory of Ty, Anders, Chief, and not Billy include. Fill in the backstory of Ty. Uh, yes, I know the battery's low. Fill in the backstory of Ty Anders, Chief, and Tori. He called her not, not Billy. Billy. Yeah, yeah. I, I got what he meant. What do you think? Was there something else beyond what, that? Uh, it, it, an additional question. Uh, let me continue okay. it out. Include the pantsuit. Ha- um, <laughs> this is really bizarre. Include. Fill in the backstory of Ty yep. Anders and Chief and not Billy. Include the pantsuit. Has Ron Moore become a mad scientist showrunner? Oh, that must so, be a separate question. Ugh. Oh, so include the pantsuit. Question. Right? I'm going to restate it. Okay. You have. All right. Start putting your final five in like a bulleted list for me because I just <laughs> ran those all together. <laughs> Um, he says, fill in the backstory of Ty Anders, Chief, and Tori, include the pantsuit. Okay. On the spot. Boy, that's a, that's a little difficult. Uh, let's, let's, let's cover Tori first, the pantsuit. Okay. Uh, it was her mother's. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, it, it is, it is ever cloth. It, it never wears out. Oh. Doesn't get dirty. Doesn't need to be cleaned. And it's one of the great technological innovations that was lost in in the you know the loss of the twelve colonies. Uh, there, there's a few items of ever cloth clearly floating around the fleet here and there, but they they're going to become precious heirlooms now. That would be magical cloth. <laughs> it really would be. Uh, and, and so Tori is you know she's she's very much a product of a a long line of, um, what's the term I'm looking for. I don't, I don't want to use Herodon. That's not the right term. Mosquito? No, no. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think Brick of Brick layer? Like the maternal line of authority. Um, matriarch? Matriarch. Thank you. Yes. She, she's, she's from a long line of matriarchal women, maybe even like her whole society, whatever. I can't remember. She's Sagittarian or whatever. Whatever colony she's from, it's a matriarchal society. And she's just really frustrated and stymied by the fact that she's mostly in a men's world, and the woman that should be leading the way matriarchally is, you know, Rosalind, and, and has let her down so deeply. Wow, you came up with something really fast. <laughs> that, that's all I got. <laughs> I'd have to think for another two or three minutes to come up with backstories for the others. Okay, we'll move on to the next question. Has Ron Moore become a mad scientist showrunner? And is your answer indicative of a good thing? I'm not sure what he means by the term mad scientist showrunner. Uh, maybe that's a term of industry that I'm not familiar with. I, I definitely would say that Ron Moore is he, – he's got a creative vision and he's going to tell that 
I don't even think it's a story. I think it's just a creative vision that he wants to execute, and he's going to do that. Audience be damned. It's, it, it, we're going to get whatever Ron Moore wants us to get, nothing more, nothing less. Okay. Um, I'm not a huge fan I, I, of that approach. I prefer, you know, sit down, at least have the concept. You know, I'm more of the Straczynski kind of guy. Have the whole concept, and yeah, maybe some of the details evolve over the course of the show, but we have a strong arc. We know from the beginning, the beginning from the end, where we're going. Mm. Okay. What story threads are you hoping to be re- uh, resolved the most by the end of the series? Well, the opera house is the biggest one. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm just not sure. Uh, at this point, I honestly don't care who the last Cylon is. I mean, maybe they'll do something with that that will make me start caring, mm-hmm. but I, I just I'm not engaged right now in caring who the final silent is. Yeah, I, I, I still make my speculations because that's part of the you know the entertainment value here. What What about uh, when it comes to Starbuck? Do you care if she ends up with Lee or should she stay with? Anders. I, I don't care. You know, I don't think she should end up with either of them because I think that <laughs> she when, should just die. She should. Just, she should. You know, fade away. Okay. It turns out that she was an apparition, or she was this third party. Whatever it is, she should just fade out of the lives of everyone. In fact, ideally, she would fade out, and everyone would forget she ever came back from the dead. It'd be like, oh, we're not sure. You know, there's this kind of gaps in our <laughs> memory. Kind gap of thing. in our memory. Yeah. <laughs> That would be the ideal way to to wrap up the character of Starbuck at this point. Um, what about uh, Gaius? Is there any part of of that? No, would no, you? I think we're. I think I think we've seen most of Gaius's character development. What about Saltai? I would like to see Saltai. Because finding... remember, he and Six, yeah, have a child. Yes. Yeah. So that, what I was going to say is and, the imprisoned and, Six, I should say, and the. There, so there's that. There's also, um, you know, we talked briefly about, as I think somebody, I can't remember who it was now, one of them asked about, you know, my reaction to how people reacted to the revelation. And, and as you were, as you continued on reading comments, a thought did occur to me, or I, I remembered a thought that I had watching the episode, which is, I'm really shocked they let Tyrrell keep his son. There was no attempt to interfere with his with his parenting because after he's revealed he's a Cylon, they show him kind of sitting there and he's holding his son and he's, I don't know, just kind of comforting him or son, being comforted by him. I thought it was a daughter. No, I think it's a boy. Which, I mean, for that me, the question has got to be answered. We made such a huge deal right, about, about Hera. Hera. That's what I'm saying. Is they what? make no deal about his kid at all. I'm pretty sure it's a boy. I think his name is Nicholas. I don't remember. Okay. Anyway, I, I was surprised by that. But uh, so I, I would like to see, I don't know, like I want to see the resolution of, okay, so how is it that humankind and Cylon kind come together other than, you know, the, the three or the two physical manifestations we have um, to build a new future for all of us. Because if you, if that's not where the show goes, then ultimately I kind of feel like the show is going to fail. It has to be about building something. What about uh, Hilo and Athena? 
Yeah, where... no. No, no, no interest. Not, not, not super engaged there. Um, Adama and Rosalind definitely would like to see some, see that relationship continue to deepen and grow and evolve. Um, I'd like to see Lee ousted as president. I want to see... <laughs> I want to see... When you say ousted, it's like everybody's rising up against him. Like, no more of this tyranny from this man. So here's the thing, right? (laughs) Who's just filling in and has done a really good job so far. Okay, uh, maybe he did. (laughs) Here's the thing. To me, the natural response... I mean, the, the great hope that we've been holding out all this time has fallen flat. There is going to be an emotional backlash to this fleet over the course of, there should be over the course of the next few episodes, and Lee is going to be one of the figureheads that gets that emotional backlash. So he's going to have to leave office, and he's going to have to find some other way to deal with who he is as a person, because so much of his life has been you know gravitating around these centers of power, and now he's actually in the center of power. He fails. What's going to happen now to the character of Lee Adama? Uh, what about Lee Obens? I, I am interested to see, you know, because there's still kind of this mystical aspect of Lee Obens. One of the things I really like, and I know not everyone does, and it's one of my frustrations with Lost. I want to see by the time a story is done being told, I want to see almost all of the mystery stripped away. I want the mysticism gone and a reason for everything. What's up with super crappy Earth? <laughs> Well, so I've you know I've been maintaining all this time that I think that the timelines are concurrent, right? We're watching this, and they're just they're going to show up in Earth's in here, and it's populated. And we're all kind of like, "What? There's space colonies." <laughs> <laughs> um, now, now I've I've decided that it's just our near future, so it's not the far future; it's our near future. Nuclear winters come and gone. Who? How, how did the? How did the? It's just us. The nuclear holocaust. So it was us. just the humans yep. themselves destroying each dumb. other. Yeah. Okay. Later, dudes. Ambassador Brainy Smurf. Uh, Brainy, it is super great to have you back. We appreciate you taking the time to uh, email in. Everybody else who who also emailed in, uh, Brainy and uh, my friend John Madsen, uh, thank you. Um, Joey, science fiction. Uh seven. Uh, you know, I think the having them come to Earth after that being the, you know, in fact, I think I'm going to go to an eight now that I think about it, because like that was the whole point of the series, right? He get to Earth, get to Earth. And yeah. here we are only halfway through the season. And in over the course of like 10 minutes, we go from, yeah, it's still this someday we'll get to Earth to, oh, hey, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that to me, that is a very science fiction thing to do, to just kind of pull the carpet of expectation out from underneath the viewers and yet still have there be something else behind that curtain. Okay. Um, I also give this an eight. I, I really do enjoy this uh, very, very much. I enjoy the reveal of these Cylons and then Earth. That is a huge, huge bump to to have them say, you know what, we're not going to wait. We're just going to hurry up and go, and we can do it in a few jumps. And they get there, and a punch in the gut. <laughs> Son of a gun. This place that we thought was going to save us was going to be the place where we could go and find a new home. There's gone. here. Yeah. And it's probably not in a, in a position that we can... Habitate. Yes. 
Habitate? <laughs> Live. <laughs> Habitabilize. <laughs> in, in, inhibition it. <laughs> uh, so that's why I give it an 8. Super awesome. For television, I gave this a 5. And I think mostly that's because, as I said, for some reason, I just couldn't make that connection with what Adama went through. I, I struggled with that. And it made the episode... It very much destroyed my suspension of disbelief for the episode. Uh, I disagree with you on the Adama part. I give this an 8 because I do enjoy this so much. I like the surprise. Oh my gosh, this is not (laughs) what we expected this to be. And they did it so well. You never saw it coming. Yeah, that's um, true. And the, all of the cinematography associated with that as they slowly reveal more and more and more and more, oh my gosh, this is a decimated world. Um, I, I, stellar, stellar work. Well, that brings us to the end of another podcast. We hope that you've been inspired to take a deeper look at your entertainment choices and discuss it with friends, family, or just a couple of complete strangers you only know from the internet. As always, we invite your comments to our email at trekwest5 at thehomestarmy.com. You can tweet Pete at trekwest5, or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 801-508-4242. So until next time, I am Joey. And I am Peter. And we thank you for listening. Good morning.